0: Hello, everyone, and
1: welcome to this Goodwill Meditation Group webinar. Today is Wednesday, August 26th, And we are so glad to have all of you here joining us today for this work. It looks like there is 80 people present, and I'm sure we will have more joining us um, in the next few minutes or so. As many of you know, um, this Goodwill Meditation Group meets subjectively every Wednesday at noon, in your local time zone. And we invite you all to link up each week and use the Goodwill Meditation to strengthen the expression of goodwill throughout humanity. This webinar, this Goodwill Meditation Group webinar, meets on the last Wednesday of each month, and it seeks to support the weekly work of the Goodwill Meditation Group and also to introduce new members to its work. My name is Michael Galloway, and I am here today with my colleague, Dominic Dibble. Today, after the meditation, Dominic will be sharing some thoughts on today's theme, which is the spiritual significance of crises. But before we proceed any further, I'd like us to start today um, by linking in thought and intention with a short visualization exercise followed by the sounding of the mantram of the new group of world servers. And this will appear on your screen shortly.
0: Link up with the
1: group and with all those who love and serve humanity and in whom the energy of goodwill is active. See this worldwide group elevated to the mental plane and see the consciousness of the group stabilized in the light of the group soul. Visualize the energy of the will to good, which is essential love radiating through the group. See it elevating human consciousness, creating right human relations and giving birth to a culture of
0: goodwill on earth. We sound together.
1: May the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers. May the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones. May we fulfill our part in the one work Through self forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. So the next three webinars, beginning with this one, we will be focusing on the themes of crisis and cooperation. And this we will do leading up to the World Goodwill Seminar, which this year occurs on November 7th. This seminar will be held in London, New York, and Geneva. And due to the pandemic, it will be held over Zoom. The theme of the webinar is the spiritual dynamics of crisis on the path to global cooperation. And more information will be available on this event in the coming weeks. You can go to www.worldgoodwill.org and check there regularly where, where information will soon be posted. But today, as many of us know, humanity is faced by a variety of crises, and not least of which is this COVID-19 pandemic, which affects all of us, um, some more profoundly than others. However, despite perhaps the intensification of crises in the world, the presence of crisis itself is nothing new. Humanity regularly experiences crises, and even a cursory look at human history tells us you know, it, it tells us this is so. It is, it is through these points of crisis, which are often accompanied by great social tension, whereby humanity evolves. And It is through this, pri- this process of crisis, which creates a tension and eventually emergence, that new and more enlightened ideas are mediated into human thinking. These ideas then bring about changes in human consciousness. Those of us who work subjectively through meditation and the power of thought are afforded a real opportunity to aid humanity to take full advantage of these crises, these crises and to turn them into transformations of consciousness. All crises, in fact, present us with this opportunity And it is often the times of the most intense division that the greatest um, amount of tension can be brought about, this this tension can then lead to emergence, and this can then bring about the greatest good. The tension created by crises and this sort of profound focusing of energy is what elevates consciousness towards unity, towards right relationship and towards the essential goodness that underlies all reality. As Dominic will later um, touch upon, the division and separation that today are being thrown so starkly into the light, exist foremost in the realms of human thinking and human imagination. The borders of nations, for instance, are human constructs, and the inability to establish right relationship between political parties, at least in many countries, can be traced back to divisions of ideology, which exist, of course, in the realm of the mind. This is why our work today in meditation and in our daily lives must take place upon the mental plane, in the realm of thought, and in the realm of the soul, rather than the emotions. It is only through changes in thinking brought about through shifts in consciousness, that crises are transmuted into right relationship. Our meditation today, therefore, is designed to go forth on the mental plane, and thus affords us the opportunity to aid in this transformation, which today, as we know, is rapidly going forward in all areas of human living. And we will have um, an opportunity later to discuss some more of these examples. Our aim though, which we should keep in mind, um, is to usher in an ideology of goodness, which affords for a diversity of thought. This, This ideology of goodness, which is inclusive, is the foundation for a culture of love and goodwill on earth. And this goodwill, as we know, is fundamentally love and expression. And it is pure goodness expressed through human thought and through human relationships.
0: And so with that in mind, let us go ahead and begin our meditation, which will appear on your screens.
1: Link up in thought with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Goodwill Meditation
0: Group. Reflect upon the fact of relationship, you're related to your family, your community. Your nation. The world of nations. The one humanity made up of all races and nations. Use the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them.
1: I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let
0: all people love.
1: Reflect upon your own and humanity's relationship with all those beings who dwell in the higher realms of mind and heart. The spiritual hierarchy of saints, rishis, bodhisattvas and mastered, honored by all the world's religions and spiritual groups.
0: Imagine that you are
1: standing within the center of the spiritual hierarchy, immersed in the consciousness of the heart of love. For some, this heart of love is known as the Christ, and other faiths have other names for the one at the center, such as Maitreya, the Imam Mahdi, and the
0: Kalki Avatar.
1: Maintaining that high point of contact, let your thoughts reach out to include all members of the human family in whom the energy of goodwill
0: is active. Silently sound the following affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand.
1: From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self
0: be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world.
1: Visualize the energy of love flowing from the hierarchy through the men and women of goodwill and into the hearts and minds of all people, infusing them with goodwill and creating
0: loving and harmonious relationships.
1: Meditate on ways of spreading goodwill, creating right human relationships
0: and restoring peace on earth.
1: Realize that you are helping build a channel between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity through which the energy of goodwill may flow, uniting humanity, solving its problems, and healing all differences and cleavages. LinkedIn thought with men and women of goodwill all over the world, sound the adapted version of the great invocation. Say it with deliberation and full commitment to its meaning, knowing that you are radiating its potent energies to
0: humanity.
1: Let love stream forth into human hearts.
0: May the coming one return to earth. From the
1: center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know
0: and serve. From the
1: center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out. And may it seal the door where evil dwells.
0: Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
1: All right, thank you, everybody. So I'd now like to uh, turn it over to Dominic, who's going to uh, give us a short talk, share a few ideas with us, and then lead us in a group discussion on tonight's tonight's or this afternoon, depending on where you are, theme of the spiritual significance of crises. Dominic, are you there?
2: I am. Hello. Uh, Take it away. Thank you Michael, thank you for that beautiful meditation and for um, <clears throat> bringing us to this lovely reflective space in which we can start to think about the spiritual the spiritual significance of crisis which you've already given us some ideas to think about and as Michael said the, <clears throat> the intention is for this webinar and the, and the following two webinars in september and october to help prepare the way seed the ground help to begin build the lighted thought form we're going to be um expanding upon at the world world seminar taking place in well, taking place in cyberspace this time, uh, because uh, London, New York, and Geneva will all be holding um, Zoom meetings as we did at the Arcane School Conference. Uh, we, as everybody knows, things are all still a little bit up in the air about public meetings, and particularly large public meetings indoors. So we've decided, that um, this year at least, we will be holding uh, the World World Seminar as a virtual event, a cyber event. And as things went quite well, I think, for the Arcane School Conference, I think we, we, we've learned some lessons from that as well. So hopefully, everything will go smoothly with that. And as Michael said, we'll be giving you further information about that as our plans progress. Um, Just to to say one thing is that it's actually on the 14th of November, we'll be doing it on the Saturday, the 14th of November. Um, Okay, so returning to the theme for this evening um, or this afternoon, this morning, I'm, I'm going to apologize because I'm going to start with an old cliche. Um, and hopefully build from there and it's the one that we're most of us are probably familiar with that the Chinese word for crisis uh, uh, contains two characters, one of them for danger and the other for opportunity. but in fact it, it seems that the meaning of the second character for op- translated as opportunities actually a bit more ambiguous, and one possible interpretation is change point. And it's, it's certainly difficult to argue with the idea that as a species we are being confronted with many, many possible points of change. It's also probably true to say that as individuals as individual human beings and as a species we're usually somewhat resistant to change it's not something we're very keen on and we know from the ageless wisdom that matter tends has three main stages of activity Um, has first of all inertia then mobility and finally perfect rhythm. And it's inertia, the resistance to change, which tends to keep things as they are, to preserve the status quo. But when the status quo has come to the end of its usefulness, when we've extracted from that situation all its relevant meanings and its lessons, we've, if you like, squeezed all the juice out of it, then we're, we're faced with the, the drab prospect of, of endless repetition. It's then that the time arrives for change, for evolution, as we know, as an ever-expanding, ever-evolving process. And there's, there's much scope for speculation on how and why this process might trigger. And the whole science of astrology and the study of the cycles of the rays are two major examples of um, sciences that allow us to think about the different rhythms in which change takes place. And careful and sensitive interpretation of of the rhythms of these energies can give us clues to what opportunities may be available in moments of change what possible directions evolution is prompting us to head in. And because we are human and love all things shiny and new, the temptation at this point is to spin airy fantasies of the utopias that are just around the corner. But we shouldn't forget that to get there, to get to that future, to cross the bridge to the future, we're going to have to do the hard work of grounding the new energies, of wrestling them into forms that will be usable and useful, not just for us, but for everyone. And this is maybe one of the points of danger for those whose vision is a little in advance of their majority so it may be possible to forget or maybe not take into sufficient account the fact that those who are used to older forms and processes and who may not yet have learned all that is to learn from them they will find it harder to adapt to a world where, to use the familiar phrase, all things are made new. Even those among the defenders of the status quo, who can definitely recognise the need for change, those who are potentially allies in moving forward, may be alienated if the changes that are proposed are too far ahead of their present understanding. Now this point about understanding also underlines that what we're considering here, for all its material effects, is essentially a crisis, or more correctly, an interlocking series of crises in the world of meaning and the world of relationships. Humanity is being asked to answer some key questions about what life on Earth means and about how that life can continue in right or at least better relationship with other forms. And what's becoming abundantly clear is that the old answers to these questions no longer serve. And as Michael commented in the introduction one example of this the nation state until now the, the nation state has given human beings a reasonable way to produce a sense of community a sense of identity a sense of shared purpose but now it's it's creaking it's beginning to show itself as not the most adequate tool for grappling with issues that pay no attention to national borders. And you know we know what some of those issues are. Um, so some way must be found to reimagine nations as more interrelated in their intentions and their actions. Or it's possible that the global problems which humanity has, at least to some extent, brought upon itself, will just overwhelm our capacity to deal with them. And this work of reimagination is up to all of us. Every single one of us. Now... I'm not proposing but that that everyone has to come up with a fully comprehensive global plan. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Apart from anything else, it would probably just create an absurd contest for which plan would be objectively the best, <clears throat> as if such a thing could be measured. But what it does mean is that we should all be on the lookout for aspects of such a plan that we can resonate with and support. And one obvious source of such planning is the United Nations and the Sustainable Development Goals. And in some ways we could say that the Sustainable Development Goals are a kind of lower bound on the ambitions of such a plan one which has been arrived at through millions of hours of cooperative mental labour, truly a great spiritual achievement. And within civil society and the spiritual networks of which many of us are a part, we can see the outlines of some of the higher aspects of such a plan slowly filtering down, emerging, precipitating, Beginning to make its appearance. So, what I'd like to invite us all to do now is to reflect, to think about how we may already be participating in this great collective work of reimagination. For example, <clears throat> some of you. I'm sure have can think of examples of specific initiatives that you think show special promise, the things that have just appeared in your radar and you thought, oh, look that, look, that looks very interesting, must follow what's happening there, find out what those people are doing, how they're connecting with other groups. And we, I think we may also want to reflect on the question, how do we as students of the ageless wisdom how do we help to subjectively support this work of bridging between the future and the present what's our role in this and another kind of related question is what does bridging work look like at different levels because you know it's possible to think of these bridges not as just big one big span you know from here to there, but with multiple spans, multiple points where ideas can coalesce and become more useful, more usable, more intelligible to the different groups. So at this point I'm going to stop talking for a little while. Or at least (laughs) try to do so, and I can see that already. A few had a few comments in the chat, Um, so I'm I'm going to invite Michael to come back, um, and let's now start the discussion. Let's start thinking about what what do we as esotericists, as students of the Ageless Wisdom, as people of goodwill basically. What, what do we see our role in this process of reimagination and how do we help it happen in various different forums and various different places? Um, so if anyone has any thoughts they'd like to share um as usual you have the option to raise your hand if you want to talk and we've already got one person that's good so we'll go straight to joshua and i'll unmute him Um, hey dominic and
3: michael i had um, a comment i probably like to share later but i see somebody on facebook has a uh, comment here uh Leslie Levinson says, love is so important to all of us. We all need to acknowledge in good ways, human caring, deep understanding, compassion needs to flourish. Can we work together to unite all people teaching this? And then in another comment, she says, happy to friend, happy to friend all that has same feelings to bring unity and peace in our world, sending love to all. Thank you. Oh, it's a man, sorry. Um, and that, so Joshua,
2: you, you're you keeping an eye on the Facebook comments, that's great. Yeah. Uh, because the other thing is that the, the, this broadcast is also going out on Facebook, so other people may be feeding in and it's actually, it's I think that's almost the first that we've actually connected with a Facebook comment right away. <laughs> um, but did you want
3: to say what you were going to say, Joshua? Uh, well I had a, a thought about uh, I think it's a good point that there's there's reaching too far ahead and that only hinders moving forward. Um, and I mean I, I wonder about the the idea that the nation state has sort of run its course. I think for to me anyway, the, the next step is more in terms of world unity and, and things along that line would be cooperation or setting up relationships, but I, I don't see dissolution of the nation state as sort of the next thing. I wonder if you had a thought in mind of what the, um, or maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but what the next step is in that regard.
2: Okay. Um, I'm glad you made that point, actually, because I, I'm i sorry if I gave you that impression. I wasn't suggesting we should immediately abolish all nations because I, I, I think that would... Uh, that would be even more chaotic, chaotic than things are at the moment. Um, I think r- rather what I was trying to get at was the notion that um, the, the problems that we're facing, or at least some of the problems we're facing, things like coronavirus, uh, things like... Climate change, etc., problems that don't respect national boundaries, problems that um, cross them without any problem at all. Those are the kinds of problems that nation states really—they're not—they they haven't been designed to cope with. They—they they, have the kind of decision-making processes that they have, the kind of politics that they encourage aren't. Intended or, or designed to to deal to deal well with those kinds of problems, so that's it's not that nation states need to go; it's that they need they need to change their way of relating to one another. And I think the interest, what what actually while we were doing the meditation, actually, um, the phrase "the world of nations" sort of sprang out at me what did it mean when I'm meditating on the world of nations? And I thought it's, it's very... It might be interesting just to discuss that uh, amongst this group because, of course, there are people from lots of different nations, uh, people who live in nations that are not their birth nation. For example, I'm here in the Netherlands. I'm from Scotland. Um, you know, how, how do we see our own nation in the context of being in another nation and you know there there are lots of interesting aspects of national character that play into what what that mean by the world of nations um so I wonder if anyone has any thoughts on that but no I wasn't suggesting that nations ought to go I I think that's It's probably one of the problems that some people seem to have with things like the United Nations because they think it's an attempt to introduce world government and it's not. And I I think that's one of the the real challenges of learning to reimagine what we mean by... International relations, relations between nations, relation and relations between superna- or supranational entities like the European Union, and you know powerful nations as well. All of these things need to be reimagined uh, because at the moment the way in which they're working is, well, they're not working well at all. Anyway, I think I've said enough. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there are any other hands up. Um,
1: Let's have a look. I don't see any hands, Dominic. There are a few uh, comments, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. Matthew Martin says, the spiritual significance of a crisis is what we actually do with the opportunities in it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think that's... Insightful. Uh, Maureen Richmond, um, she says, "Has there ever been a time in which crisis did not characterize human experience? History suggests there has not." I think that's a that's a good comment. We, you know, when we put our current crisis in perspective to some of the crises that past generations have faced, then, um, you know, it put, it it, it, it puts things in put, puts things in right proportion. You know. It does. And also, also if we look a little closer at history, we can see some of the good, you know, that emerged out of those crises. And we can also therefore plan for the good um, that we will be bringing out of this one as well.
2: Yeah, very very good point, Um, exactly. Uh, There's one, there's a hand up, Michael, shall I? Oh, Sam, Sam Jones, yeah, go ahead. Let's unmute him. Didn't work. All seems to be a bit hit and miss for me. Could Hello. you? Oh, yep. Yeah.
4: There yeah. you go, sir. <laughs> I needed to unmute myself. Sorry. <laughs> okay. um, I think, it, um, especially with this virus, we have had a flip of um, in consciousness of how we see um, the people like um, the essential services, and how actually all those people that have been doing those essential services um, will never get a huge wage. Um, So, but all the time they are seeking to serve the betterment of humanity. And once we could um, possibly encourage all those that are most excellent at making money, that actually part of their task would be for a world Um, betterment rather than individual betterment, we might actually get somewhere.
2: Excellent points, yes. Michael, do you have any thoughts?
1: No, no. Uh, But I see Kit has her hand raised, so maybe we should just go to Kit.
2: Uh, Just just one one thing I I was going to say that I agree with uh, Sam about... It really does emphasise the the dignity of labour, if you like, all of the, all these essential workers who have been, as you say, Sam, un, underpaid or unpaid. Um, and I think it, it, it awakens, or it should awaken, in us a, a sense of our common humanity. So thank you for that. Sorry, Kit. Uh, yes, hello everyone. Hi. I just
5: wanted. I I had like a question also to put into the conversation and that is um, when about in terms of when some nations are good at maybe recognizing things that have happened in their past and the way they might be ongoing into the present I think of things like truth and reconciliation in South Africa or other ways and and, um other nations in, including my own of the United States, there are certain things that we we are still you know um, parts uh, several people or organizations or institutions with a lot of power if you don't even want to recognize that. So what just thinking around um, around that, sort of um that sort of issue and um and it um you know and it it certainly can come up in my own family differences on around these um things as well so but i just was thinking of it nationally and community and all so i wanted to add that in Mm. the conversation thank you
1: thank you kit Yeah, I think just like individuals, nations differ in their ability or their willingness to, you know, address some sort of address those sort of, uh, I guess you could say karmic aspects of their past. And it's just, you know, all is evolving in time and space. So, you know, it's, we're not, we're not, uh, it's, it's all a process. I, I, I suppose you could look at it from that perspective. But if anybody else has Dominic, maybe you have something to say or maybe somebody else could
2: well I'm just going to go up on that. Um, that um this issue of being able to face up to the past to reconcile to um, to find ways of reimagining the story, if you like, of a nation is another aspect of how um nations can learn to be more mature and more able to connect with one another and connect with um, uh, minorities within their, their, their borders as well. Um, I think that's a, a big part, actually, of reimagining it. It's interesting, for example, that, that uh, the, the debate has recently come up about, about public statuary um, public statues, and how what they say about a country's history and what is that the right story that that country wants to be telling you know it, it, it's it's funny because if you're in London or in New York, you probably walk past statues on a regular basis and don't really think about them. But particularly where near the 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 Lucius Trust headquarters in London, there's lots of statues of military people. So you walk past all these statues that are celebrating people who, are, who have won great victories. But then you have to ask, well, at what cost, and how just were the wars in which they fought, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the <laughs> there's an interesting discussion to be had about that as well. What statues mean as uh, our countries, our nations' consciousness. So any more hands? No, no more hands at the moment. There's a lot of
1: comments, though, Dominic. So I'm wondering if we could just read a bunch of comments off because we're getting. Yeah, I think so. Getting close to one o'clock, so I'll just go ahead and start. Um, yep. Matthew, Matthew Martin has a link to the UN 2030 goals, UNSDGs. Um, yep. Because so we can begin by, begin by supporting those, which I think is an excellent idea. Um sure. Donna Padota says, I find I need to consciously send blessings and goodwill to those who are hostile, mostly politically charged, versus judging or being upset by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Martin has uh, seven seven points here. I'll just read them off. One, protect the global environment from pollution and degradation. Two, let's have peace in the world. no more war and violence. Three, protect human rights and dignity. Four, sustainable economic development for poor communities. Five. nutritious food and clean water for everyone. Six. health care and health safety for everyone. Seven peaceful and cooperative relations between nations that's excellent um, mm-hmm. excellent points there and moving on santana and matthew say i agree with expressing love and compassion to all beings starting with those closest to you i also think the group work of wor- of world goodwill triangles and new and full moon meditations where lifting of the soul hierarchy and shambhala and radiating the energy of light and love and will to good to uplift the consciousness of humanity. This is subjective work, but practical. Objective work is also necessary and important. Cooperating with groups on the material plane, such as the United Nations and local government, as to imagination, what can be conceived in the mind with the creative imagination eventually becomes reality from Santana. That just brings real quick that uh, the Tibetans said that, uh, the imagination is the lowest form of the intuition. Um, so, you mm, keep that
0: yes, absolutely.
1: Lita La- Lita Rowley says to imagine unity as diversity. I think that's beautiful because it's, we know um, unity in expression is diversity. You know, it's not, uh, it reveals the underlying oneness, but that oneness is expressed through diversity. Um, Barbara deferry Foster says, perhaps if we try to focus on ideas of cooperation rather than competition, this has to be what we are being led to
2: recognize. The scientists seem to be aware of this. Good point, Barbara. And of course, that's in the title of our seminar, The Path to Global Cooperation." That's what we're going to be focusing on. Yeah.
1: Um there's so many more, and we're running out of time, but I'll just I suppose I'll just read a few more. Richard Flynn says COVID-19 precipitated into human activity by a fourth root race emotion and desire with a third quality, very appropriate. Third ray also affects law and money. This implication on how to use money effectively globally, the financial implications of the impact on work for all of us and how we can create a global response that is lawful and legal is intriguing. Yes, there's a, I think there's always underlying kind of, you know, expression of. Uh, you know, if we look at the COVID-19 crisis as sort of divine impulse, even though it's uh, caused a lot of strife and grief and, and conflict and crisis, you know, we know underlying everything is divinity. So, um, and Steve in response to question one says, energy follows thought. Students in the age of wisdom from different traditions, of course, can develop their skills in working with invocation to invoke positive future possibilities also use of the goodwill meditation is a potent contribution because it helps to deepen our understanding of the spirit of goodwill as an energy and to focus our thinking on mobilizing this energy
2: we hope so (laughs) that's that's what we're here for. so
1: Dominic, would you want to keep reading some or should we go ahead and close out? It is a little bit after one
2: o'clock. Yeah. Um, maybe we should, uh, maybe a couple more and then bring to a close because I see that, yeah, there's still quite a few to go. So maybe Richard and Christelle, maybe. Okay. Um. Unless anyone else wants to put the hand up and speak, you know, please don't feel free to continue to... Um, respond or to give some ideas and examples of things that you think are particularly important, or anyway. Uh,
1: Richard Flynn says the question of the need to make national boundaries more porous is reflected in the way the global vaccine drive is variously interpreted as a competition by some and by the scientists involved, more as a global
2: cooperative effort for the benefit of all. Just, just to briefly interject to this point, I think it's interesting that that in the news uh, today, uh, I noticed that wild polio in Africa has been eradicated. Um, And what that reminds me of is the fact that that the polio vaccine, as many of you know, was given to the world by Jonas Salk. He He didn't want any money for it, he just gave it to the world. Wouldn't it be nice if the same thing happened for COVID. Hopefully, yeah. Mm. Um, just to also
1: a little plug here, the World Goodwill at the UN blog um, is doing a series on um, efforts at the United Nations towards cooperation around the global pandemic. And it does highlight um, some stories that are being done um, on creating a vaccine as well. So everybody can go there yep. um, to, to, ch- to check that out if they'd like. Um, Let's do one more, maybe somebody who hasn't said anything yet. We have V.C. uh, Molu says, Mm -hmm. Truth, honesty, and transparency are key in crisis situations. We can no longer keep justifying why certain things don't concern us because it doesn't bring any financial opportunity. It's an excellent point.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, yeah. Yeah, there's a interrelatedness of all the problems of humanity. And the financial one is definitely uh underlies absolutely. all of them. So
2: absolutely. Yeah. So so yeah, as you point out, Michael, and, and although although this isn't specifically a problems of humanity webinar, it's following on from the ones which we did in the problems of humanity and, and it's looking towards a pro- one of the problems, if you like, which is that of global unity, international unity. So the the same theme is is come is being carried through, in, and how goodwill is the most potent antidote we have to dealing with those problems. So, so Mike, th- do you want to close out?
1: Yeah, sure. We'll just we'll just end with a uh, with a moment of. Silence.
0: Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone.